We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. It's time! You asked for it and you got it at BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores. <sighs> Sorry I'm late, everyone. It's all right. The meeting's just getting started. Are you in your closet? Yeah, it's the quietest place. Ah, not the roomiest, though. Getting closer with your closet these days? That, uh, dinosaur costume behind you? What? No. (laughs) The Container Store's custom closet sale is here to help with up to 25% off closet systems and free virtual in-home closet design. Who wants Sean to put on the dino suit? Really, guys? The Container Store, where space comes from. The Malibu, where the waves are pumping. To the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry, we will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. President Trump, current events, film, TV, UFC, sports, sex, drugs, rock and roll, it's no holes barred radio. And that's what It's Time Radio is all about. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. We've got a good show today. We have our special guest coming on later in the show, TJ, which is Cody Garbrandt, the former UFC Bantamweight champion, going out to fight for his uh, winning chance of becoming the Bantamweight champion again against the current UFC champion, TJ Dillashaw. We have that coming up. We have a lot of news to talk about. And also, TJ, I want to ask you one question, which I forgot. How are you? I'm great. Um, I'm doing well. Uh, When we have Cody on, make sure when you refer to me as TJ... Uh, like, let him know that it's not Dillashaw, okay? You got it. Now, TJ, you're coming through a little bit garbled right now. I know, but again, you're recording your audio. I'm recording my audio, so no one has any idea what you're talking about with garbled audio. Well, then I'll just shut up, so here we go. In now, theory, unless people it, are hearing this and it's garbled, and then just <laughs> never mind it, me, sorry. All right, another uh, conspiracy theory. Where's Eddie Bravo when you need him? Now, here we go. So, 
the Aoki song I did, It's Time, has now been in release for exactly one month. We have hit well over 1,800,000 1, 1, uh, downloads in the music video and well, growing. Okay, so uh, I, I saw that, and I'm curious. Is it downloads or is it views on YouTube? Those are those are views on YouTube. Oh, uh, okay. The, the download files of the actual song, I will not get a report on for probably right. another month or so. So I'll let you know. Well, but, I was I was hoping that that was downloads because then you're going to be entitled to a platinum record. <laughs> well, actually, you know, I have one on the wall. I have a gold record on the wall going back to the Jock Jam from the 1990s. Sure. It would be so awesome if that box ever arrived as it did and surprised me one day with a gold or a platinum album in it. That would just be a total... Kicking the ass, shall we say, and I couldn't wait for that day, but so far, so good. Uh, Steve Aoki's happy, Layback Luke's happy, everybody's happy that worked on the project, and we've got nothing but, you know, rave reviews, everybody's having right. fun with it, so I, mission, I saw, mission accomplished. I saw, I saw Chuck Norris on uh, on Instagram was happy. I love I that video. Oh, my gosh, uh, that was funny. That was so funny, but that's, that's an example of Aoki's people. You know, he has a tremendous crew behind him. They're always thinking about ways to market and do things right, and they do it. They get it done. So let's let's shift gears here a little bit. We've got UFC 224 in Brazil and Rio de Janeiro coming up on Saturday. Uh, stacked full of good fights. I'm not going to break them down. We'll break them down next week after I get back. But just to give you an idea, TJ, which you're already aware of, when you look at this, the main card starts off with Vitor Belfort and Leota Machida. Holy jeez. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the curtain jerker, if you will, on pay-per-view. You know that's a good card. You know it's a good card. And you got Mackenzie Dern back quickly facing Amanda Cooper, Jacare Sosa against Kelvin Gaslam. That should be a very interesting fight. Uh, culminating into the main event, <clears throat> Amanda Nunes against the challenger, Raquel Pennington, for the UFC Bantamweight title. Uh, very exciting night. Uh, one fight I'm looking at earlier on the card uh, is a heavyweight fight between Alexei Olenek and Junior Albini. I like watching this Junior Albini fight and and Olenek. They're just two tough heavyweights. That's going to be a brawl for it all right there. Uh, basically, a total of 13 fights in the card. So I'm excited. It's going to be very, very cool. Now, yeah, th- there's, I, there's nothing Junior about Albini except his first name. My goodness. Exactly. And if you look at his uh, history, why he got an MMA or got into boxing, which is what he really is, uh, was because he weighed over 350 pounds. He did it to lose weight, and then he found out he was really good at it, and now he's competing in the you know, the highest level of fighting proving ground for fighters in the world, which is the UFC octagon. So kudos to Junior. He's going to come out in front of his countrymen and do the best job he can and may the best man win, as I say, for every fight. And I am in everybody's corner in every fight because I'm announcing each person with total equality, and I'm always about may the best man win. It's just the way I work. So now one story that came up here, I'm going to need your help on, TJ. Uh, it was announced, if I'm not mistaken this week, that the UFC has announced a new deal with ESPN which is very similar somewhat to Fight Pass at 4.99 a month. Can you give us a little background on this from your from what's going on? I just basically got wind of it. So is it another media stream for people to watch fights? Is that the way it works? We don't know yet. Um, the language of the press release is a little bit iffy. Uh, sounds like there should be 12 new events or 12 live events on ESPN+, Plus, which is ESPN's uh, direct-to-consumer uh, platform. Uh, it'll be an app, so you download it on your phone or do so on like a... Apple TV, Fire Stick, Fire TV, etc. Um, if you sign up for ESPN Plus, you will also have access to the UFC's library, um, meaning that you can watch uh, historical UFC events. Now, here's where it's different. I don't know if that means you can watch Pride Fighting Championships or the WEC or Invicta Fighting Championships or the Eddie Bravo Invitational. 
it says UFC library, so I, I don't know. Those, those are vague terms. Is it everything that the UFC has digital access to? Um, maybe. I don't know. Um, it also says that if you are a member of ESPN+, Plus, then you also get a reduced rate for UFC Fight Pass should you want to subscribe to it. Uh, I assume that things like live Invicta events, the Eddie Bravo Invitational, Titan Fighting Championship, etc., will remain uh, exclusive to Fight Pass. I don't think you'll be able to access that material uh, on ESPN+. Plus. But um, bottom line, uh, it's more content. It's uh, more... Um, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a media deal with, with the UFC, which we all know uh, the company sold uh, for $4 billion. And uh, a lot of the future success of the company relies on being able to sell its product to television, uh, te- the television rights and, and media rights. And this is a step in the right direction for uh, the, the company. I mean, this is a, a, a 150-some-odd million-dollar deal uh, for the UFC um, it's a distribution model. Uh, this isn't even their television deal, so their their television rights are still going to be coming up somewhere uh, this year. We'll figure out what the next step is and, and where you can watch the Octagon and uh, regular over-the-air television. But uh, a huge deal for the UFC, a uh, big deal for ESPN and their direct-to-consumer platform. And, uh, yeah, just sit back, wait and see. I know that uh, the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series will be uh, shown exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Um, yeah. Uh, What does this mean for Fight Pass? I don't know. Uh, Bottom line is, I I don't think Fight Pass is going anywhere. It's still the UFC's direct-to-consumer platform, and uh, there's a lot of things that that you can utilize that with. So uh, people are saying, oh, this is similar to UFC Fight Pass. Yes, it is, but it is not UFC Fight Pass, nor is it a replacement to UFC Fight Pass. Well, what it is, it's reportedly another $150 million in revenue for the UFC. On his media side, that's the number I heard, which seems like a pretty heavy number for ESPN to pay out. But uh, kudos to them, and uh, welcome to the team. What can I say? And the next question is, does it mean more shows? or yeah, is it 12. Just... 12. So there are going to be 12 additional shows that are strictly for UFC ES... Fight Night on ESPN Plus, correct? Interesting. Very interesting. So then the question is, are the shows going to be taken out of the 40 or so shows we're doing a year, or is there now going to be 12 more shows? I, I don't believe so. I mean, again, that would hurt their overall television deal if they cut out 10. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't believe they're cutting out anything. It's only an addition to. Now, well, he, he, here's one thing that I don't know, and, and this is where the language is vague. When it says UFC Fight Night on ESPN+, Plus, maybe those are just the Fight Pass prelims. I don't know. We don't know that yet. Right, I got you. I understand. Well, actually, so there's this... There's this 30% question mark that is yet to be announced. So let's just leave it at that. It's, a, it's an obviously a very positive move. Uh, the UFC, Ari Emanuel, and Patrick White sell over at WME. They do everything right. So we'll see how it all pans out. Um, now, getting away from UFC, let's get over these, these uh, the molten lava, the volcano eruptions in Hawaii. This has been a very rough week over there where these are taking place. And now there's always an aftermath of these natural call them disasters, natural happenings. Now what Hawaii is going to have to face in the areas where these happen is after the quakes and all the lava, then it's going to be a case of acid rain, volcanic smog and acid rain. Not much fun to look forward to. It could be dangerous levels of sulfur dioxide gas. Um, You know, they have to watch out for this. So it's not just quite over just yet. As the saying goes, don't screw with Mother Nature, the most powerful thing out there. And I wish them oh. all the best. This is definitely something they're going through. Uh, that's something that uh, I, I was reminded of yesterday morning. Don't screw with Mother Nature. 
uh, woke up at 4.47 in the morning due to a 4.5 magnitude earthquake. So, uh, yeah, don't piss off Mother Nature in respect her. You've been through earthquakes before, haven't you? Yeah, but uh, that was the biggest so far that I've ever experienced. And oh. it, uh, it woke me up violently. I hope you don't have to experience one of those big ones because they will definitely wake you up. Were the walls moving like the ocean and waves? Yeah, I mean, I, it was one of those things where I guess I can't say how serious and severe it was because I'm in this dreamlike state. I don't know what, what really is happening. It was probably over before I realized uh, really what had happened, but everybody in my house was awake, scrambled, a little frazzled, and uh, I think we were all also back to sleep in about seven minutes. So. Yeah, that's about, that's about norm. I, I've been through so many earthquakes since living here since 1972. It's, as long as nobody gets hurt, they're almost like an e-ticket ride at Disneyland. You know, but right. God forbid somebody gets hurt. It's yeah. worse. I, I mean, I've you wa- kind of, it's kind of like a fender bender, right? Like you, you get out of your car, you feel your chest, you feel your legs, you got all your digits, and then you, you – Exchange information and go by your way. Kind of, but when it's one of the big ones and you're watching the walls moving like an ocean wave, yeah. you know, literally, ro- literally, like in waves. Yeah, no, thank you. No, it's it's uh, it's 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 something to experience. As long as I hope nobody gets hurt. Right. Let's put it that way. Uh, it, now, your boy, are you mm-hmm. planning on him going into Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts? Uh, I mean, I, probably not. Maybe if he wants to, if he shows interest in it. But uh, yeah, it's not something that I'm you know pushing towards him by any means if he finds it in his own natural way sure but uh i'm i'm not bringing it up to him as an opportunity for whatever which reason I'm not anti or or anything like that i just uh no i got you up. i got you the you know to become an eagle scout is actually quite a plus in the future when you're when you're applying to colleges these days mm-hmm. uh you know it's one of those many things henry and rupert are both in the cub scout and, and now in the boy scout program but after all these years uh that they've had as as boy scouts being out there they're going to be dropping the word boy from scouts they're dropping they're dropping the name and that's one of the reasons it has to do with a lot of different things but it's allowing uh girls to be come and join the boy scouts girls can join now it has to do with uh the openness of the transgender you know situations going on um there's as a result of that the mormon church has just announced that it's ending its 105 year relationship with the boy scouts they're one of the biggest contributors uh, to the Boy Scouts, serving around 330,000 Mormon youths, um, and they're one of the largest sponsors, you know, financially. So because of the change in the name that's being allegedly reported here, because of the openness to uh, women or, you know, if, if it goes to it, transgenders being able to be uh, scouts and such. Okay, come on for a second. Let, let me just stop here. Is there a, I, I don't know a single child that is transgendered. Let's let's not say that this is because of transgender nature. I, I, again, I'm I just going by the I, report. This right. is not me. This is not uh, again, me talking. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. Like, I, I, have you ever heard of a transgender nine year old? No, I haven't. Right. Personally. I don't think that that's an issue. This is what what I think this is. I think this is a a, a product of evolution. Well, here become, let me to, let me it, let me correct. It, wait, let me correct okay. myself before we go further. In the article, it says here that when it regards to the article about the Mormon Church backing out. Um, it said that the church expressed reservations about the Boy Scouts' decision to allow gay and transgender troop leaders. Troop leaders. So there's a difference. Uh, okay, whatever. Like, so it, for, for, for me, for, for, uh, could you only be like a male Boy Scout leader? There was no female Boy Scout leader? Like I, I can't answer a, that. I'm not familiar with the program. I can't answer yeah, that. I don't, I don't either. I, but he, here's my thing. Like, to become an Eagle Scout or, or do those things generally um, – it's it's only been available to boys. We are living in a modern world where 
I mean, I don't know, you know, say whatever you want to, but th- there are some women in this world that are more into going fishing and, and tracking and, and doing all the things that Boy Scouts do rather than selling cookies and sewing and doing the things that Girl Scouts do. Like, it's 2018. Like, it, let's, let's, not, let's not think of anything other than the fact that more opportunities are being presented and, and making themselves available to both genders uh, regardless of, uh, you know, whatever anybody else wants to think. Like, if I had a little girl who wanted to go be a scout and she wanted to, you know, fish for salmon in the river and get the patch for it or whatever, like, she should be able to do that. And vice yeah. versa. And that's what they're allowing. That's it. So Okay, well, say la vie then to anybody who thinks that's wrong. No, I think it's totally open. I mean, it's almost the same as a, as a girl competing on a – a boy's sports team because she's equally able to play the sport. And that's starting to happen now too. Sure. We had a lady uh, fight on Invicta that uh, was a, I believe a a varsity linebacker for her high school football team. Wow. And uh, started playing tackle football when she was eight years old. So, you know, wow. And she was a starter on the team. She was. Wow. (laughs) And did she win her fight? She certainly did. Very competitive fight, very tactical and technical fight. And Uh, what weight, what weight? 125 pounds. And a middle linebacker on a football team? There you go. There you go. Wow. Um, well, good for her. Good for one her. Of the, one of the hardest things I've ever had to see happen this weekend at Invicta. Um, this uh, lady threw like a, uh, a push kick, a front kick, uh-huh. and uh, her opponent blocked it with her hands, and it snapped her ring finger in half and made the bone come out the skin. So she got a green stick fracture. Wow. Oh, God. It was That's hard weird. for me. Hard yeah, for me that, to compose myself and and uh, you know look at that and and adequately describe it, especially because she was like laughing about it and showing it off to the camera. Is like wow. Yeah, that happened with somebody in UFC in the last five years. Somebody I forget whose finger it was. I know John Jones with his toe. Right. It was somebody else with a finger, and I forget. But it happens. It's, look, this is part of the sport. Yeah. This is what can yeah. take place. It's a rough sport. WWE. I know you're a big fan of wrestling. I'm not. You well, you were in the past. This. I thought you were in the past. When I was like nine. Oh, you know Kane? You know Kane? I'm aware of Kane, yes. Okay, well now, he is considered a legend. And uh, he's running for mayor in Knoxville, uh, Knox County, Tennessee. And it's funny because, you know, he's came out with his makeup, and I'm looking at pictures of here of him campaigning with his unmasked face off. And it's, like, so different. Yeah, he's but, wrestled, I think, most of his career at this point without a mask on. Oh, he has? I thought he yeah. came out with all the makeup and stuff. Boy, I'm so... Well, I'm not did, a big, he did, not a big but follower. I mean, I, he's had multiple, I don't know. I mean, I definitely know who he is. I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle without uh, a mask on personally, but he's definitely been on television a bunch uh, playing a character. And I, I'm pretty sure he has wrestled as well without his mask off uh, a bunch. But, yeah. Like well, cool. I don't, I don't know if he won, but he's following. Right. By the way, speaking of wrestling, there's a, there's a special on HBO on Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. I highly recommend this. It to, it's whether you're a wrestling fan or not, this is a human interest story. Uh, this gentle giant, Andre the Giant. It's uh, it's an emotional documentary. It's a fascinating documentary. I highly recommend that documentary, and I also highly recommend the Elvis Presley documentary that's available on Netflix right now, which comes in two parts. So if you enjoy documentaries and you enjoy seeing something intelligent and very fascinating, I highly recommend both these documentaries. That's my recommendation for the week for a little media enjoyment, a little horror story that occurred. I can't believe this. A veter, excuse me, a veterinarian. A Colombian veterinarian has been accused of smuggling dogs in the United States, puppies, right? You know what he did, TJ? He put heroin 
in the puppies. And that was his way. He, he implanted packets of liquid heroin in the mm. bellies of the puppies who were then used as animal couriers. And finally, he was found out and he was arrested. I don't even want to tell you what I think should be done to this guy. It's horrible. A veterinarian, TJ. Yeah, I, there's no, I mean, I understand that like a doctor and a veterinarian technically are, are different things. Um, but like you feel like when you're in that service, whether it be for dogs, cats, animals, or human beings, they, they should be beholden to an oath. You know what I mean, Bruce? Like not that they're special citizens or anything like that, but you feel like that they are uh, of more moral background. They, they should be better than the deviates that make up other industries in, in our society. And, you know, we hear stories like this, and it's just like, nope, it's, it's not the case, unfortunately. As we think of anybody with the letters DR, period, in front of their name, it usually commands tremendous respect, so it's hard, right. to, you know, hard to envision when you, you see this. You're like a teacher or a police officer. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's these people that you want to believe are squeaky clean, perfect human beings because – they're in charge and responsible for so much, and uh, it doesn't matter when when there's a uh, opportunity for people to do nefarious things to get ahead and, and make a quick buck. More often than not, unfortunately, human beings uh, take the easy way. Yes, that's true. And in this day and age, it's what we talk about almost weekly. Speaking of which, there were three lawsuits or issues with involving sexual harassment in the news in the last week. One, surprisingly enough, which is Charlie Rose. You know who Charlie Rose is. Of course, absolutely. So he's accused by three CBS staffers for sexual harassment. Um, I don't know how far the dates go back, so he's number one. Number two, an actor who's had a lot of issues uh, with the law, with drug addiction, and, and but yet has been in a lot of fine films and actually has been proven to be a fine actor himself. But like I always tell people, don't get caught up with the actors. They're still people. You don't know what they are as as people. So don't expect them to be like you see on the screen. Tom Sizemore from the movie Platoon, uh, Natural Born Killers. Uh, he is now being sued for alleged child sexual abuse of an 11-year-old child dating back to when he filmed the movie Natural Born Killers. So uh, going back to when she was 11 years old. So Hey, Buff, we talk about this every single week. I mean, we've jokingly, and, and when I mean jokingly, I mean... I can't joke about no, no, this. What, what yeah. I, no, no, no. Let me finish, because you're making me sound like a monster right now. No, I, no I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Jokingly, we've, we've said that, that this sort of uh, stuff, when we announce the latest Defenders, is almost becoming a segment of the show because it's so common. Um, yeah. I don't want these people to stop coming forward. They need to continue to come forward. But it's crazy to me, Bruce, that this was held under the, the, the radar for so long, and now we're getting this this movement. I mean, that's really what it is, this movement. And from week to week of doing the show, you and I have chronicled it. I mean, there is an audio diary of you and I discussing this, really going back to, to Bill Cosby, I think, when, mm -hmm. when all of that started. I, again, I don't want this to end per se. I want people to go out and speak out and feel like they can get justice and, and you know spread awareness and, and make this all known. But it's like, when will this slow down, Bruce? I don't know. And, and it just makes me so sad that the allegations, and again, they're all allegations for the most part, the allegations are so abundant that th there seems to be no end in sight. Well, you know, when the allegations come forward, 
it might be questioned. People might question in the case of like a Tom Brokaw, where he has two accusations that are in the area of 26 years old each. And going back then, there was no original report filed or made. Right, right. So they're, they're a delayed accusation. Now, in the case of Tom Sizemore, which dates back this incident to the year 2003 when he was filming, at that time, Sizemore was initially removed from the movie. Because right. this allegation did surface back then. Right. So it's but not the, like new news altogether. No, it's not him, news. It's just he decided to come forward for closure, claiming mental, psychological, and emotional problems, substance addictions, PTSD, emotional instability, and lots of other problems that, that resulted from the alleged incident. But the fact is, she reported this back then. So in this case, it's a stronger situation. Right. I, I mean, I'm saying to me that all of the allegations I, I take. Uh, the same way, essentially. And, and unfortunately, in this world, you are sort of guilty until proven innocent because, uh, you know, I can make an allegation towards you if that allegation goes viral. Uh, when I prove to be wrong, um, the retraction is not necessarily a- as uh, well received as the quote unquote juicy story, the story that drives clicks. Um, you know, I haven't followed up with everything, but the, the bottom line, Bruce, is uh, the. Mighty, mighty respected uh, people of their crafts and industries have been torn down due to this stuff. And, you know, I'm sure that there are some false allegations out there along the way somewhere down the line. But uh, the the bottom line is, uh, as a society, it sounds like we're no longer really taking this from anybody of any stature. And I think that's good. I just wonder if this is going to change anything. Will this change the way that people conduct themselves, especially people you know, like the Weinsteins of the world that are in positions of power and think that they can just get away with this? Well, time will tell, and you know, I hopefully it will create and cause change, as I think it already has, making people think twice. Um, so let's hope that it, you know, it still continues where it's warranted and needed and that it does create the results of change needed as a result too. the third story on this was a former top L.A. County D.A. official mm. who uh, actually settled a high six figure settlement with the women who sued him and as a result got to retire with a full pension. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Okay. I mean, it, that, that's that's something, too, that like, I mean, this guy obviously, you know, allegedly, okay, allegedly did some really bad stuff. But also the people that essentially overlooked this so this man could just go on and, and have a, a cozy lifestyle in retirement. Like, to me, like, they're not as much to blame, obviously. What they're doing, maybe there's not necessarily a, a, an immediate victim at play, but you're enabling, you know what I mean? The fact that you allow someone to potentially get away with this stuff, or at least don't look into it much further. The the idea is that people, I mean, some people need to have a healthy fear of what they'll lose in order to act a certain way. And what does this guy necessarily learn from doing really bad stuff? Well, nothing. He He learned nothing. He has a full pension. And quite honestly, I'm reading this article and the incidences that were documented that he did, and they are so bad right. that I don't even want to tell you on the radio right now. I, I mean, and, we can, and, I, and I can, and not get worried with the FTC. I could tell you, but this guy needed to lose his job with no pension for what I'm reading here, and yet he, he was able to resign and get his pension and pay a high six-figure settlement. So I don't know. 
I don't know what's going on. We'll see. Yeah, I just again, uh, human beings are not perfect. saints. They're not amazing. <laughs> not per- not I mean, saints. this is this isn't even about per- perfect or not perfect. This is about being deviates. Totally. So let's go to a little lighter subject here. On a lighter subject, movies and TV, we already talked about two documentaries I'm recommending. The Avengers Affinity War has now oh set. God, yeah. They they made one billion dollars in a record eleven days. They just set the record. Yeah, it's not Amazing. adjusted for inflation, um, so keep that in mind. Uh, I don't right. know if it holds the overall record, uh, you know, GDP with with uh, inflation and whatnot. But the, the bottom line is, if you're going to get into movies or or you have a studio, like how many comic book uh, scripts are getting bought, graphic novel scripts are getting bought because. If we've learned anything over the last few years, it is the, the more you can get into this world of comics, the more money you're going to make at the box office. And it's just blowing me away. Well, here's a case in point with exactly to prove your point of what you just said. The other hit movies that it beat, they're all comic book movies. Right. And I'll, and I'll read them to you. Wonder Woman, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, X-Men, The Days of Future Past, and Justice League. They're all comic superhero movies i hate to take something so crazy and maybe unique and rewarding for the people involved in these films and turn it into a negative but bruce are we ever going to have a well-written original piece of cinema written produced and put out there that will ever overcome these franchise films because again nothing i don't want to take away anything from the fine men and women that work on these projects but this goes back to the a long conversation that we've had over a decade now uh, about the stars of yesteryear no longer really existing. We don't have amazing uh, movie stars the way that we did um, 50, 60 years ago. And, and part of that, again, no offense to these actors that go on and, and play superheroes, I just don't feel like there are really well-written and well-produced roles – um, put at the forefront of our minds because they're not the money makers that these Avenger films and, and whatnot are. Well, you're answering your own question, um, and 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 well, actually, is the fact that a great script, which does get written every year, uh, there's basically 16 scripts and 150 ways to tell each story, but there's still original material coming out. Right. But when you when you produce a script with character development, with excellent scripting and dialogue, characterization, like I said before. It's a one-off. It doesn't open to a franchise like a John Wick or an Avengers. Right. They can go on and repeat their success and become the things they are. It could be a one-shot success with great acting, maybe like the movie Get Out, you know, best picture of the sure, year. Sure. But is it going to be the box office breakthrough when you come out with two or three of them, which was all started with Star Wars, which brought it back, and then right. Sylvester Stallone, who basically, with Rambo and Rocky, really brought the whole franchise to the forefront, right? You know, Trend-setting franchise to the forefront. I, I you know, just, you're not going to be able to beat a franchise movie, no. but you will have great one-off, fine dramatic comedy, adventure, thriller, whatever the case is. Movies being made every year, right? But these monsters of release are always going to stand out. I, I just feel like as society, we're kind of getting caught up with you know pretty uh, computer animation and explosions and. And things like that. Like again, maybe well, I'm maybe I'm just caught in my ways. But no, like the, no, no, the, the no. last film that I felt was really, really good, and, and we're talking a long time now at this point. But still, to me, it's a modern film. 
the last film that I, I sat down was was blown away by and will always watch uh, if it's on television is Saving Private Ryan. It's my favorite film. It was well put together. The the visuals in that film. I mean, if you served in World War II, you can't even watch the opening scene if you know what it looked like on the beaches of Normandy. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like we're not really working towards fine all-time classic films like that anymore. We're just going to do the next reincarnation of Superman. Well, that's pretty much the way it seems, and you're right. Saving Private Ryan is one of the top... 100 greatest movies ever made. My dad served in World War II, although he was in the Pacific. But I remember that the day it was released, we were at the very first showing, as we used to do as father and sons, going to the movies. I was blown away by the movie. I researched the movie, learned about the film with Spielberg and how he did it. His detail, attention to detail in that film was so strong. And knowing weapons the way I do and the way they sound from being around them most of my life, I was amazed at how realistic that was which is not always realistic like a punch sound is not realistic in movies. one of the reasons that it was so realistic is in the pre-prep of this film which usually could be up to a year before they even roll the first camera shot they actually took all the weapons and they would fire them into sides of beef Oh my and, gosh. And they would get that's how they would get the feeling of not just how they sounded coming out right but how they sounded going in yeah right and i think that intention to detail is Something that we don't really think about when it's you know explosions and no. you know uh, you know pardon the the pun here but Superman punches and 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 film and um, you know one thing that I think uh, was really well done in the Saving Private Ryan film and this is the first time I really ever took notice of of how something was done. Do you remember a, a scene when Tom Hanks has a grenade go off near his head in that ringing? takes over the entire sound of the movie. You can't hear anything but that ringing and some muffled voices and finally his hearing comes back. Like, I assume that's what it sounds like to have your, your hearing taken away due to a, an explosion near your head. And again, I'll probably never really feel that in, in my life, but to have that simulated to me through a film was, I mean, that was a that was a jarring experience for me when I was I got probably 15 years old seeing that for the first time. Well, you know, it happened a few times in the film, but it just got across the realism. And again, you're dealing with a director, uh, bar none, and Steven Spielberg. I mean, this man's attention to detail and everything he does is phenomenal. Yeah, there's no question. So, if, if people, if you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, which also depicts World War II, which is one of the most timeless, historically. Uh, depicted periods in life more so than any other thing that's ever happened in film. I would say World War II, Westerns, and vampire movies right. are probably the three most most, yeah. most made-type films out there. And, and but, also, too, all three of those genres, Bruce, are done in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Saving Private Ryan sticks out to me, because to me, that that's the uh, best version. That's the, the best way. And, and I think it goes back to what you were talking about and firing rounds of artillery into signs of beef to understand not only what it sounds like coming out of the gun, but also entering its, its intended target. And that's, that's really gripping. It, it is gripping. And what, what else was I going to point out here? Um, this is also a movie that goes beyond just depicting World War II. This is a movie that depicts what many consider to be the greatest generation right. of all time. In, the in World that, War II generation. That generation, too, the uh, the, the men and, and, and women that really worked on, on both sides of the battle lines to, to make sure that that war was won uh, by the Allies. Uh, I don't know if, if this generation would be able to get through that. I mean, I, I hate to say that. Now we have technology and a lot of things, but we've talked about it. The greatest generation, 
There, were, there was something about the, the breed of men and women, you know, again, that, that fought on the battle lines and also kept things going, you know, here at home that uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that we would lose that war with our modern day men and women. But, uh, you know, it was something about, you know, that generation that uh, I'm, I'm happy we had them out there fighting for our future. No, I understand what you're saying. We've talked about it many times on the show, and this leads me to my next story here, which is, it, which basically is a counter, not a counterpoint, but a point to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. The kids of that generation, as well as my generation, and probably yours too, we've talked about it before, okay, in that generation, there was no TV, all right? right. They were outside, educating, doing whatever they could. Nowadays as you may or may not be witnessing with your son, and I see two of my boys and other people around, their faces are in their screens. Yeah. One of the biggest things happening now is this whole Fortnite, the, the game Fortnite, which is a phenomenon with over 40... Oh, it's an epidemic. It's I'm, an I'm epi- sorry, epidemic. I hate to say yeah. it. It's not a phenomenon. Like, uh, I, I was listening to the radio the other day, and there was a lacrosse coach in Canada that had to write a letter home to their the, the team's uh, parents... Um, saying, look, you know, I've, I've coached lacrosse for 20 years, and this is the first year that I don't have a single leader on my team that is actually caring about the game, that has improved from last year um, into this year. Uh, all of these kids are doing nothing but talking about Fortnite and looking at their phones. They don't take practice seriously. Uh, I'm throwing my hands up in the air. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to put as much effort as your children do. Uh, day in and day out here, and uh, everything else depends on them. Like that—that's a problem, Bruce. How old are the kids? Uh, high school. Jesus, that's exactly what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just them. The NBA has an epidemic with players. Right. I was talking to. Uh, Have you played the game? Yes, because my, uh, Henry and Rupert play it. They're very much into it. Hey, hugely into it. It's fun. I it's get it. Fun, but it's and, a video but, game. But but here's another thing, and this is uh, something we have to consider. When they, other kids at age 13, like Henry, let's say, right. they could be doing something worse. They could be hanging out sure. at the video game parlor with quarters, whether they earned them or stolen from their parents, smoking cigarettes or God knows what else. I get and it. out there, one thing about Fortnite, yes, they're on the game, and I've been trying to rationalize this. Chris and I had a conversation about this just the other day. And she is learning to be with it because you want to communicate with the child or the children mm-hmm. on their level. Show some interest. Don't just don't be sure. controlling. Like you can't play that anymore. Cause that's like telling the guy you can't smoke that. You can't drink that. And suddenly your kids behind the right, bar right. behind the house. So be open. And what it, what it is giving them is he, she's noticing. And I noticed too, they're interacting with their friends. They're strategizing, right. interacting, uh, the game. All keeps, good things, all, all good things, all good things, but it is frustrating as sure. a godfather as an adult to witness the transition of like, wait a minute, I want to have a conversation with my boy. Right. But he's so into the game, it, he's it, not going to talk. It's, it's like, okay, but he could be into something else, you right. know? So it, to that's me, it's what not even say. the game that is the problem, Bruce. It's the fact that we can't put anything down. Like, if it wasn't Fortnite, I honestly believe this. If it wasn't Fortnite, it would be something else. Now, what I mean by that is when technology is introduced into a room, my son Oliver is consumed with that technology, whether right. it be a video, whether it be television, whether it be uh, a game on on the mobile device. Uh, when there's media, he wants to consume it. Now, what I've learned recently is for my son to have a quality evening w- with my wife and myself, 
at 8.30. He goes to bed a little bit later, about 9.30, 10 o'clock. He's, he's a late kindergartner kid. He's staying up much later than I'd like him to be, but mm-hmm. uh, you know he can sleep in until 9 a.m. every day and still go to school plenty of time. So he stays up until about t- 10 p.m. Um, I have implemented no technology after 8.30. So he has 90 minutes where he can play with a toy that doesn't run on batteries. Uh, he can talk to me and my wife. We can read a book or we can color and do an art project. But there is no screen of any sort during that last 90 minutes that he is awake. And I can't tell you how much uh, it has benefited uh, his ability just to kind of unwind and, and also connect with us on a cerebral level that is just not possible when there's media in. And I think, again, I don't know how Henry and Rupert necessarily are acting but to me, if it's not a video game, it's going to be something else because that's what these kids do. And I, more than anything, Bruce, I mean, how many times have we talked about texting at dinner? You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, no, you've got to get rid of it. You've got you to put it by the side and, uh, you know, be, be a human being for a minute. Well, the, the rule in their house is they get their two hours of screen time. And again, you're dealing with young boys that they do really well in school. Right. Uh, they have their saxophone, their clarinet practices, soccer. But I think they're the exceptions, though. You know? they're, they're the exceptions to the rule, Bruce, because I don't think, like, K- Kristen is a fantastic parent. I mean, I've met her a handful of times and have dealt with her via email and, and phone and text for a decade. I, I understand that those boys are who they are, not because they, you know, adjust to... Um, you know, life on their own accordingly, but because they have a good role model and their mother pushing them uh, the right way. Not every kid is, is fortunate enough to have that. And I feel like those kids are the ones that never unplug. The only times they're not on a screen or not talking about being on a screen is when they're sleeping. And heck, well, they're probably dreaming about it. We can only hope for the best. Two incidents that happened last week. The 10-year-old Rupert uh, told his mother that a kid was... Uh, busted at school for passing an Adderall pill to another kid at 10. Uh, at 13, Henry came home and used the word weed and said that another kid got in trouble. He brought weed to school. Oh, my God. 13. So uh, Bruce, uh, a lot of things to keep track of, my friend. Like, I know I know, drugs are going to be in schools, okay? I understand that. Yeah. I just don't expect it to be middle and elementary. That's uh, getting younger. Uh, the big, the big thing right now is the kids passing and selling Adderall and Ritalin to each other at school. The, these the, kids at that level, if you don't need it, and and some kids do need it. Some kids have a medical need for it. I believe that. But these kids that don't need it and start taking it, and then all of a sudden start relying on it, they're wiring their brains to require it, Bruce, and that is what is so alarming. Yeah, it's the gateway. It's the gateway. It's starting. So you got to stay on top of it, folks. you got to pay attention to your kids. From the point of 16 on, I've learned no matter what they do in school, it's so important they do it right because that's where everything from 16 on yeah. applies to where you're going to go to college. Right. It really Without comes a doubt. Down to that. Without and, and, a doubt. And I think the habits that are formed there between 16 and 18 and moving forward are the habits that we have instilled into our lives and, and really sort of dictate how successful we are going to be as adults. But no matter how you cut it, the human psyche or the personality is formed by the time you're five years old. So sure, I believe that. The, the and moral, then it sets the a moral, precedent. Yeah, the morals are ingrained in you. I mean, if you're going to be a sociopath, uh, we can probably tell by the age of five. 
<laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, my brother cut my eyelashes off when I was asleep when I was 10 years old. <laughs> if that's not a sign of a sociopath, but he turned out to be one of the greatest human beings in the Western world. Yeah, as, as serving as a police officer, one of the finest men I, I've ever hey. met in my life. Every, you know every, what? I get, we all have our moments. <laughs> right. Every, every once in a while, uh, you know, you, you probably pissed him off. So, you know, who, who knows what you did to deserve that? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I must have done something because it wasn't the only time he got at me. <laughs> All right. So now on a couple of lighter notes before we sign off, uh, I always get fascinated in collectibles when things sell for big money. Uh, Picasso painting, which is a Picasso nude painting, just sold for $646 million oh, in the very first night of a Christie's auction sale. Wow. Amazing. Buff, I thought you were going to say 100000 mm-hmm. You said million. That, that, let me, that, let me, wait, let me correct something here. Pardon okay. me. Sorry. Uh, it's got to be six million something hundred thousand. Okay, over one thousand works of art were were at this collection of David and Peggy Rockefeller from the Rockefeller family. Oh wow! No, the total sale, excuse me, was six hundred forty-six uh, million, but that painting went for one hundred and fifteen million. Got it. Okay, I mean, wow. Any, any, uh, what I was going to say is, any one piece of art that is over half a billion dollars, um, that's insane. But even even just one piece that's over a hundred million dollars, like. You have to insure that piece, right? Like, what is the insurance on something like that? I can't uh, you, even imagine. Usually, for every thousand, it's like ten dollars. So, you know, just do the math. Right. It's, it's, that's it's crazy, though. It's I mean, lot. it's so much money. I mean, good for you if you are uh, a, an art aficionado and you have the means to get a piece like that. Uh, hats off to you. But I, I just, I no matter how much I love something, Bruce, I don't think I could put in a hundred million dollars into one article. That's 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 scary. If I was worth like three or four billion, of course I would. But, yeah, you know, but, it's but again, all relative. I mean, we're talking. I mean, how many people are worth multiple <laughs> billions of dollars? You know what I mean? But, I don't know. I gotta gotta sell something like a UFC to get there. I guess I don't know. I, I guess yeah. So now this is the final story of the day, and I find this wonderful because it is about my legendary iconic brother Michael Buffer. I the saw le- this. Yep, this is le- fantastic. This was so unreal and it was covered by almost every news source around the world. I'm reading from an article which is on USA Today right now. So much but, so Bruce I thought it was almost staged. I thought I, this I thought this was your beautiful brainchild coming to fruition. I would like to have taken credit but I can't but it's like so brilliant when you think about it it's like right out of a movie for those listening. Michael Buffer was at the Premier League soccer matchup in London between Chelsea and Liverpool. And he was beginning to introduce the, all the players, the starting players, and right before the Let's Get Ready to Rumble, about a third into his lengthy introduction, the sprinkler system on the soccer field started uh, it started working. Right. So he's ta- it's it behind him. He can't see it. It's like out of a movie, and you're watching it, just waiting for it to hit him, just like a movie. And he, you know what? He didn't stop, TJ. He's the consummate pro. He finished the whole thing, and he told me that when he was doing it, his biggest worry was that the ink started to go down the card, so that was muffling the oh, names. Yeah. He was just yeah. worried he wasn't going to be able to read it properly and finish it properly. But so, You know what that tells me? He's worried about making sure that the performance is still flawless. Not worried it, about the hair, not worried about the suit, not worried right. about anything else. He's just worried about making sure that he is on point and that is something to uh, be proud of it's it was great this is covered by everywhere from cnn to you name it you know what this is an example of being the best an example of being a consummate pro right because it comes down to the one great adage that has always been spoken for years by yours truly and others the show must always go on hey you know i'm 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 pro buffer 
and that's the brother's buffer, okay? Thank you. But with that said, with that said, I need to say, has Michael torn his ACL in multiple performances and had the show go on? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> severed. <know>. Severed. <laughs> okay, sorry. Severed. Severed. Yeah. My no, boy he Bruce has. He doesn't yeah. play. I don't want to wish that on my my amazing brother. Of course but, not. Of course but, not. But I got I got to put you over. Okay. I'll Great. take it. Great. Take Michael it. dealt with some water. My boy Bruce has dealt with severe pain. <laughs> well, I'm not the fighter putting my blood, sweat, and tears in the line. I'm only announcing, as I always say. But kudos to Michael, and thank you for the kudo to me. Um, it's amazing. He's 73 years old, and he's working more than he's ever worked. And I give him a lot of credit. It's great. Hey. He's hey, a role. It, he's a role model for me. It's amazing, too. Is is it fair to say that the height of the Rumble was definitely in the 90s? Is that fair to say? I would say that, yeah, it actually, that was the height, and then it led into, it led into, you know, past 2000, but But that was the absolute Let me just say, we're talking 90s, the early aughts, and now here into the teens, and late part of the teens, uh, it's amazing to have a brand be that strong and that iconic, and that is a testament to both Michael and yourself for making this work so well. And uh, it's, you know, I, I got to see uh, Michael a, a handful of times, uh, most notably in, in Macau, ahead of one of many Pacquiao's bouts, but also when the WCW came to my hometown in Minneapolis. And uh, I would be lying if I didn't say that seeing Michael out there um, wasn't one of the highlights of the show. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy to have witnessed it. Uh, a lot of other people, you know, for years to come, I, I, no matter what happens, a uh, hundred years from now, people are still going to be playing that in audio form, and I'm sure the uh, the buffer estate somewhere will be uh, collecting that check. Uh, you know how I work business, babe. So it's got to be what's right is right, and uh, you're absolutely correct. And I have to say that uh, for people that are fight fans out there, whether it's boxing, MMA, or whatever your choice is, even wrestling, if you get to go to an event after the 30-plus years that Michael Buffer's been out there doing his thing and doing his famous Let's Get Ready to Rumble, it's like I can compare it actually to me when I finally got to see Frank Sinatra being a huge music fan. I could say I saw Frank Sinatra. He is such an icon and legendary what he does, and you just said it yourself. If you go to an event at 73, he'll still blow you away, and you can say, I saw Michael Buffer. It's, it's worthy. He's worthy of that. He's deserving of that. And, again, thanks to Michael Buffer, the ring announcer came to the forefront. People paid attention to it. I got into the business to develop my own style, not to be Frank Sinatra Jr., and also to manage and continue managing uh, my iconic brother's career. So everything's going according to schedule, and I just want to say kudos to Michael. Great job. Good job. It just blows me away. After 30 years, you can take five words of error in your performance, which you do all the time, and then do something that makes it that much different that every news source of the world covering sports covers the event. Kudos to Michael. And it all, all it took was a little bit of rain or water, shall we say. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. All right, TJ, go ahead and let everybody know what's happening, and we're going to sign off. Uh, I mean, we got uh, the UFC coming up this Saturday night. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Amanda Nunes defending her title against Raquel Pennington. Uh, really interesting fight. I think it's a very close fight, at least in, in my eyes. But on paper, Amanda Nunes, a huge favorite. Uh, you don't usually see this wide of a, a, a line in the betting odds. But uh, Nunes, uh, really, really uh, favored by uh, the books out there. So if you you want a enticing underdog bet, uh, maybe you put a, a, a few bucks on uh, Raquel Pennington. Uh, you mentioned at the top of the show, fantastic fight card uh, opening up with what I think could be Vitor Belfort's swan song. 
inside the octagon as he takes on former UFC light heavyweight champion uh, Leota Machida. Uh, I'll be covering this over on uh, my Between Rounds platform. Hopefully you can check it out, patreon.com forward slash Between Rounds. But uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, If you have Fight Pass, go check out the latest replay of Invicta Fighting Championship. Sarah Kaufman, uh, former Strike Force champion, uh, captured Invicta FC gold. Uh, last weekend in Kansas City, uh, fun event to check out, and it's uh, pretty much it for me. Follow me on Twitter at TJ DeSantis. There you have it, TJ. Thanks very much. Excellent show. I'll be back next week with another excellent show. Everybody out there, treat everybody around yourself with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn about them. Then set on on that path. And when you're on that path of your choice in life, be the best you can be because that's what it's all about. It's time to win, and that's what we talk about on It's Time Radio. It's about winning and being the best you can be. Whether it's failure, success, you name it, just do the best you can and be respectful. Thank you very much for tuning in. We love you all listening around the world. Buffer out. Back next week. Hi, everybody. I'm back with a very special guest, Cody Garbrandt, the former UFC champion on his way to becoming another, again, UFC champion, a man I consider my friend, a man I consider a great fighter, and definitely a character in the world of MMA. Cody, thanks for coming on the show. You're in New York. You're living the media life. What are you doing out in New York right now? Um, I'm out here on my Booker tour. Uh, it was released yesterday. Thanks for having me. First off, I'm out here, you know, doing all the media outlets and, uh, and the book tour. We're uh, finishing up right now, uh, heading to the airport and heading to LA for the next two days to do the LA uh, media tour. So, it's the book called The Pack. It's about my story of Maddox and my upbringing, his upbringing, and our battle, and to win life's ultimate battle is life and, and become world champions together. It's that you know I'm so proud of you on this uh, Cody because Chris Provino actually sent me a copy of your book and I'm taking it with me on my trip to Brazil I'm going to Rio tomorrow I'm going to read it on the plane and I'm really looking forward to it you know I know this is a story of you this is a story of Maddox if I'm not mistaken the boy with cancer that you've taken a very close relationship with and your promise together to win the ultimate battle tell us more about the book as far as your upbringing and your reason for wanting to write this and share your story you know, the, the reason I wrote this and, and wanted to be a co-author with Mark D'Agostino was uh, the, the timeline of the of our of the book, the pact, the promise that we made. You know, we the promise that we made was nearly six years ago about you know he would beat cancer and I would make it to the UFC and become a world champion. I would bring him along the journey and, and, and with me. And uh, you know, we, we we reached that goal. That's uh, in the past. I would become a world champion. Uh, he is, uh, you know, in remission. He's the fourth year in remission, so uh, he's doing great, amazing. Now it's, you know, the, hopefully that we can inspire and motivate a lot of people that are going through whatever they're going through in life from my story, from my upbringing, from the adversity that we were able to overcome and how we were able to lean on each other in, uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances, how we met, but we kept our faith and kept believing in each other and, and dreaming that we were going to make it and we're going to stay alive and keep fighting this battle. It's a, it's amazing. It's it's a very emotional, heartfelt story. Um, there now is in the relationship you have with him. Do you guys talk every day, every other day, every week, or is it like a brother relationship now? Yeah, it's it's, it's been a brother relationship for quite some time now. I mean, uh, we, we, we we it's very consistent. You know, he comes to all my fights. I used to be able to travel home more often, and I would always take him surprise him at school, take him to lunch. I love to go to Wendy's and get the chicken nuggets. <laughs> you know, I used to be cutting weight, so I couldn't eat. He would get the frosty. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've always been able to, you know, 
just have a good relationship, good bond. Uh, you know, like I say, he's my little brother. He's 12 years old. Now he's in sixth grade. I can't believe it. He's in sixth grade. He gets straight A's. I mean, the kid's just amazing. Amazing kid, amazing person, uh, such a young warrior and just so full of life. I'm so grateful for the times that we have uh, been blessed with now. And you know, he was just here on the book tour with me in New York. I got to catch up with him and see him. He was so excited to do all this uh, amazing things in New York and, you know, share his story and his battle. And, you know, that's, Really, I'm very excited for everyone to realize what he went through at such a young age and have the courage and the strength to, you know, to stand up every day and fight this horrible disease that took over his body. Biggest battle of his life. And also, you know, here, TJ, this is purely an example of what we talk about on the show. With greatness comes great responsibility. Cody reached his level of greatness, which he's on his uh, trek to go back to that level of greatness again as a champion of the UFC. But now with a role model status that you hold, Cody, this is an example of you're helping a young boy who's facing major adversity in his life to become a role model himself and to appreciate and value every moment that he has on this earth and for the future that it holds for him. Congratulations to you, Cody. I love hearing this story. Also, too, with your with your association with him, you also, with your wife, Danny, you became a, a father recently, didn't you? Was your baby born in the last couple of months? Yes. March, uh, March 12th. He's eight weeks old, I mean, almost two months. So, I mean, it was just uh, a blessing, such a such a blessing, you know, and a time in my life that I needed to have that maturity. I needed to grow up into this uh, to this fatherhood figure, this father figure, and something that I always wanted. I am, I'm able to give that to my son, be able to be his protector and his caretaker, and just his confidant, and be there for him. And I'm so excited. It's always something I wanted in my life as a, as a father, and and now I get to do that, and you know, have my career and be so motivated to just keep pushing forward and get this title back come August fourth. So. I'm super excited with uh, with what's become in my life and what, what I've been blessed with. And, you know, you look at the position that you're at now. The last time when you fought for the championship, when you faced T.J. Dillashaw at, at UFC 217, and, of course, with the results of that being the knockout that you suffered, and uh, with that happening and being the fighter that you are and, and the man with the huge heart that you have and the warrior that you'd be, I'm sure that you are going to be even a better fighter coming back when you face him at UFC 227. And with all that happening and everything going on in your personal life, it seems that you're in a much stronger mental position now going to attack and, and go for the championship belt again. Along with that and the bad blood between you and TJ, what's the feeling about this fight coming up? Obviously being one of the biggest pay-per-view events of the year, you get to share it with everybody on the card. How is, is, your, is your blood really bad with TJ, Cody? Is it still bad? Is it something you want to get revenge on? I mean, what are your feelings at this moment with this fight coming up? I think more more so it's it's, it's on him because he knows he's still in the wrong with with what he did, you know, and how he did. But you know, that's the path. That that's that's the path for and everything that went. But I won't change anything. I won't take back anything that I did or said. The truth and you know, so that's more so on him. You know, he's he's super pissed off that he has to fight me again. He immediately went to the media about how it's going to be a long way back for Cody and this and that. And it, that's not the fact. You know, I was able to you know, reach high reach a high level and, and, and rise to the occasion and become a world champion and you know like you said earlier I, I'm at such a better mental state I'm healthy you know first and foremost I mean, my health is you know um, the most important thing I think one of the things that change out of it you know mind body and soul it was hard for me to get into that it's hard for me to visualize myself being in there because I was just so focused on it for almost a year getting healthy getting my back you know, healthy to where I can go back to the ground, I can get in the gym, I can, you know, 
progress and keep growing and, and sharpening my skills, you know, it's hard to do that. You know, this is a whole other fight went up here and especially with the animalization of the, the book, which was released yesterday, the pack and the birth of my child. And just, you know, I got an obviously it's more than just uh, fighting for myself. You know, I, I, you know, I won the world title and he did that dream and I had my eyes on and Max was, you know, pushing me and motivating. Now I have this, this son that I look up every day before I go to the gym, he looks at me with his little eyes, and, you know, I go there and push, push to another level, you know, another level. I embrace the pain. I embrace the grind. I'm excited to go on all this work and, and get everything back that TJ stole from me and, and you know, and just go to that next level of my career and, and use this platform to keep just inspiring and motivating people and, and getting better myself, keep going as a human uh, throughout this journey as well. You got a great attitude, Cody. And as the saying goes, today is the first day of the rest of your life. The corner that backs you is getting more populated now with your son, with Maddox, your beautiful wife, Danny, everything you have going for you. You've got a great core group to work from. And that's what I mean by being in a stronger position. This is the new Cody Garbrandt coming out. This is not the old. And that's what you're going to show. On, uh, it's not. I can tell that right away. I think you and I have a, a friendship that goes beyond the normal announcer-fighter friendship. We talk when we get together. We converse and we talk about things. And I have a very good ins- Yeah, we do. We do. And I have a very good insight into you, Cody. You're one of my favorite fighters out there. I'm always there. I'm always in your corner. And when it comes to adversity, I don't think there's any adversity you could face that would either scare you or cause you to halt because you've dealt with adversity your whole life. And that's what your book, The Pact, is all about. And on The Pact, now that was released yesterday. Where can our readers, I, I, got, a, I got an advanced copy from our buddy Chris Provino. Where is, uh, where can we get the book? Where do the readers go to get the book, The Pact? Yeah, yeah awesome. Chris is a man. But yeah, you go to thepactstory.com and it's all, all the retailers, but pactstory.com is available on Audible. And so, but you can go to the link there and uh, you go to codygarbway.com and get the book. So go to pack.com, go to your your site, which is codygarbrandt.com, you said? Thepackstory.com. And, uh, and, and you know, download the book there. You go on Amazon as well as nationwide. So I'm excited to you know, hopefully reach out to the world, motivate, inspire people to go and do whatever in our life. Just, uh, you know, find the inner strength and the courage to keep battling through the life's adversity that throws at you. Exactly. Now, with USC 227, August 4th, and again, it's here in L.A. at Staples Center, which would be very exciting. Um, with that being said, that's August 4th. Today is May the 9th. When do you start your training camp? Are you focused on your book tour and then you go into the gym, or how does it work for you before August? Yeah, we've been going long nights, long days here. Um, you know, I've, I'm doing the hotel workouts right now, getting in where I can. Um, but you know, I've been ahead of schedule. I've been back to training. Like I said, I'm healthy. So I've been doing two, three, three day workouts and then, you know, training with my team, able to have that balance of family time, you know, being there for my son, my, my family, my wife going to the gym. So it's been uh, a great balance of it both. I, I go to the, I get up in the morning, you know, see my family, my wife looks for me. I go to the gym, I come home, I'm with my family. So it's been, it's nice to be able to have this time where I can kind of just focus on, you know, going out here and doing this media tour. I don't have to worry about cutting weight. I don't have to worry about the fight of the weekend. You know, we do this fight weekend. We're usually starving ourselves, making you know, making sure that we make weight and doing the media on top of it. So it's kind of a nice little change up to be able to just go focus on, you know, the book coming out, you know, and, and reaching so much so much audience that we can reach and get in so many homes, like I said, 
inspiring people. But it's, it's nice to just focus on that and not have to, you know, cut weight and train at the end of the day on top of all the media. So it's definitely different from fight week. Um, just taking it in stride. Still working out. And I got Uriah actually flying down to uh, Orange County today. And uh, he wants an, he told me, or he texted my uh, business partner that he wants to do an hour grind match with me. So he's flying all the way from Sacramento to come down to Orange County just to do an hour grind match with me. And who is that again? Who's coming down? Uriah. Uriah. Oh, Uriah. <laughs> yeah, he's flying all the way down. Just, uh, yeah, he's still, he still uh, pushes me. I mean, he's uh, one, of, one of the greatest guys I, I have in my life. That's a very motivating. He doesn't matter what time of the day it is, he'll open the gym, he'll go. He'll go spar with me, he'll go grapple with me, whatever I need, you know, to make sure that I, you know, I'm in tip-top shape and ready to get this title back. He's, uh, you know, everyone's uh, co-op on that team, and everyone wants to, you know, get the belt back in the rightful hand of, you know, of my, our hands, you know, bring it back to Sacramento. So everyone's helping out. It's great. I see everyone just so motivated, knowing that I'm healthy, you know, everyone's excited. Like, man, we know we're getting this one back. And just uh, the energy in the gym is, is amazing. And, uh, you know, going to every practice and just, pushing our limits and getting better every day as a team, as a unit, never been better. You know, it's awesome to hear because, you know, the alpha male team is like, I, I don't know what it is. Everybody I meet on the, I know what it is, excuse me. Everybody I meet on the alpha male team, I get along with. You know, Uriah's one of been one of my longest friends and brothers for a long, long time. Uh, you're you're backed by a great group there. Again, that's the nucleus, your corner that stands behind you. You've got an amazing, amazing positive force and talented group of people behind you, both fighters and not fighters alike. So with all that, Cody, again, I can't help but be so positive with you, with everything you have looking forward to your future. You know I'll be there for you. I'm looking forward to August. You're coming back to L.A. You got to get the job done, son. But I know that it's all about the performance, and I know you go out there and you will give it a thousand percent. I appreciate you always backing me and being in the corner since the beginning. Make sure you tell that beautiful mom of yours I said hello and have a safe travel to Brazil and have a good time down there. I certainly will. <laughs> I guarantee you. Hey, buddy. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cody. You take care, champ, and I will see you soon. Enjoy your book tear, uh, tour. Sell a lot of books, but right now make me one promise. Get over to Wendy's and get the biggest plate of chicken nuggets you can get and enjoy the heck out of it, okay? <laughs> I will. See you, buddy. All right, Cody. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.